0: Free Talk Live, it is your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Show about your calls. We roll it, uh, right into them. So let's talk to Marlon in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Marlon.
1: Hey, Ann, Mark, Julia, how are you doing tonight?
0: Good, man. Super. what's
1: up? <laughs> um, I'm all for the legaliza- legalization of marijuana. I'm Excellent. also all, f- I'm also for uh, business owners and properties rights as well. Very good. And <laughs> I see a potential problem when marijuana gets legalized. Employers saying, "Well, we still don't want our employees smoking it because." you know, they can harm themselves while working for us and that sort of thing. But the only problem with that is is that marijuana stays in your system, the THC stays in your system for, mm. what, 30 days or something to that effect. There's no real right. test to know if you're high or not at that time.
2: Yeah, currently there's no way to really tell if somebody's, High At this moment, if they're operating a forklift or a front-end loader or something like that, and they're um, stoned out of their gourd, there's no way besides looking into their eyes and sort of being experienced in that, and it's not foolproof by any stretch of the imagination.
0: Well, now that doesn't necessarily negate the fact that a business could still set those rules. I mean, a business could still say, if you are... Uh, if you get into an accident with a forklift and uh, we, you know, the insurance company tests you for drugs and you come back positive, we just aren't going to cover it. And that would be a risk that a marijuana-smoking employee would, would take in order to work at that business.
3: Right. I think just like it is now, some businesses would have drug testing and some businesses wouldn't. Restaurants, for example, probably would never implement that because they know that they wouldn't have any employees.
0: Marlon?
1: Yeah, well... That that was the thing. If if you legalize marijuana, the you know it, it still may hamper somebody in their job if they smoke
0: it. So. Sure. Sure. I mean, people come to you know. Somebody came uh, to your restaurant drunk once when they tried to come tried to come to work drunk, right, Julian? Right. And what happened to him?
3: Well, he he was he's an idiot normally, so it, it would be hard to tell that he was drunk. But he advertises it, so they just sent him home. And I mean. Marked him down in the black book.
0: Right. As so a I mean, th- these loser. are these are existing problems that that are going on today, regardless and of whether or not they're, these products are illegal.
2: Likely, they didn't your the guy your the guy to see whether he was drunk or not. They just said this guy's drunk. We're sending him home. So there was no test.
0: Right. So in the marketplace, businesses would still be free to set whatever rules they wanted to about uh, what sort of substances uh, their employees could use. It. The employees, right?
1: Because like there, there's companies that are that due to lower their insurance costs even. Some companies I heard of prohibiting their employees from even smoking at home.
0: Smoking so, cigarettes?
1: Yes, I've heard. I've heard. I've saw a couple of uh, news stories about some companies that are barring their employees from smoking cigarettes because to lower the the company's health insurance. Oh, yeah, I,
2: I believe that totally. I'm sure that there's companies out that are they're doing that, and I think a lot of companies are doing something that's a little more uh, subtle and insidious. Is they're simply not hiring people that smoke.
0: Yeah, right. that's well that's the I think that's one of the stories that we've seen in the past and that's that should be their prerogative. And and cigarette they smokers They take more breaks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, they seems like I, I remember working retail it seemed like the cigarette smokers were always out front.
3: Yes. It's it's a just a fact of life that cigarette smokers get more breaks.
0: So, you know, and, and cigarette smokers shouldn't be able to sue because they didn't get a job because they're cigarette smokers. And, and business owners should be able to discriminate based on whatever factors they want to discriminate based on. They sh- I should be able to hire all, you know, black women who don't smoke cigarettes if I want to. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I sh- agree. Right, and 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 the, let the marketplace decide whether or not I should be punished for that. Sort At of least thing.
3: nobody will be getting put in jail anymore.
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Marlon, any other thoughts? No, thank you very much. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231 is the toll free sickle C A I line. Did you know that there was a, uh, or that there is apparently on a yearly basis a National Police Week. Did you no, know this?
2: Well, I, I wouldn't doubt it, but sounds I didn't like, know there was.
4: Sounds
3: like one of those events where they bring the cops to your school and get people not, to draw not a so, picture. not
0: so. Uh, what it is is it is a week long event in Washington D.C. where police officers from around the country converge on Washington D.C. and basically proceed to, well, I'll go through a little uh, a little list of some of the things they've done. But they basically proceed to break a bunch of laws, and nobody does anything to them about it. Drinking in the streets, open containers, urinating in public, it's a that sort of thing. It's a big police convention.
2: Yeah, and that's, they do that's what, what it is. They do what a lot of people do at conventions.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. According to Becky Akers at LewRockwell.com, it seems D.C. has survived yet another National Police Week, and I'm trying to decide whether that's good or bad. From Tuesday, May 8th through Wednesday the 16th, tens of thousands of cops from around the country partied in the nation's capital. Naturally, they drank. A lot. But that didn't stop them from climbing behind the wheel to cruise dark streets with sirens blaring. They gunned motorcycles and skirred, skirled bagpipes till 3 a.m., oh God. yelled, fought, and generally broke laws that they forced the rest of us to follow. Their excuse for this annual rioting that is, uh, that, that is that by annoying, inconveniencing, and even terrifying D.C. civilians that they're commemorating officers killed in the line of duty. Yes, that's right. That's what this occasion is supposed to be about. Hmm. This uh, week-long party is supposed to be a solemn occasion where they're commemorating fallen officers. But instead, it's just a party in the streets for the cops. And no one does anything about it. D.C. police don't, don't arrest these guys. Well, why not? Those cops likely annoyed and inconvenienced and terrified folks while they were still alive. Alas, after, sleepless, oh God. after several sleepless nights, some citizens ran short of sympathy for the grieving survivors. They naively complained to the district's police, who responded by joining in the fun. <laughs> One Kenny taxpayer finally videotaped the lawlessness for YouTube. This embarrassed D.C.'s police chief into taking stern measures. She posted flyers asking the drunks to play nice. No doubt that had them trembling in their jackboots. National Police Week has plagued us since 1962 when a joint resolution authorized the president to proclaim May 15th of each year as Peace Officers Memorial Day. And the calendar week of each year during um, that particular May 15th area occurs such as, poli- as Police Week. We already pay these petty tyrants as uh, petty tyrants and bullies, but Leviathan wants us to kiss their butts, too. Mm. Whereas the uh, police officers of America have worked devotedly and selflessly in behalf of the people of this nation, regardless of the peril or hazard to themselves. Oh, yeah, didn't you see that um, in the uh, the Virginia Tech situation where the, the police were very obviously um, serving the people uh, without regard to hazard or peril? Oh, wait, no, they were hiding behind trees. <laughs> No, they they weren't really exactly rushing in regardless of I didn't see any of footage peril. of that. I just oh, I did. I did. I did. This is what this is the same thing they did in Columbine. They just stood outside for a People while. People
3: are jumping out of windows. Right. Until exactly, all the
0: gunshots stopped. Not
2: exactly like the firemen in the 9-11 uh, attacks where they were rushing in while others were rushing out. They were standing behind cars and trees while yeah. others were rushing out.
0: And as uh, Becky, uh, Becky Akers puts it, oh, yeah, and all those benefits, overtime pay, early retirement with lifelong pension, meals extorted from restaurateurs, and drugs swiped from the evidence lab, they've got nothing to do with it. Going on from the quote of the joint resolution, whereas these officers have safeguarded the lives and property of their fellow Americans. Poppycock, says Becky, by law, cops don't have to safeguard anything, Attorney and author Richard Stevens emphasizes that cops don't even have to come when you call. In most states, the government and police owe no legal duty to protect individual citizens from criminal attack. And the Supreme Court has recognized that time and time again. It's true. The police do not have an obligation to protect you or serve you. The police protect and serve the state. That's why they exist. The It's, it's just kind of like a... It's like a mirage. They're putting on a show for people. They're trying to get you to think that that's what they do, but in fact, it's not their responsibility. Uh, The District of Columbia's highest court spelled out plainly the fundamental principle that a government and its agents are under no general duty to provide public services such as police protection to any particular individual citizen. That's what the court said. 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, if you've got a bad cop story, you're welcome to share that with us. On the way, a story about some cops who decided they were just going to break into somebody's house. Just because they thought it was empty, and that's what they wanted to do, because they're the police, and they can do that sort of thing. And the uh, the rest of the story about the cops in Washington, D.C., thousands of them. National Police Week, urinating in public, open containers, <laughs> it's all coming up. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The Sankal CAI toll-free line, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, including archives, entire year's worth of the show, uh, right there on the front page of the website. At freetalklive.com, you just go and download them for free, freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festivals, better known as Porkfest, it's June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who have made the move, like us, hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's porcfes dot com. We're talking about National Police Week which goes on on a yearly basis in Washington D.C. Um, I had didn't know about this. this is the first time I've heard of it. Apparently, it's been going on for quite a while. And the stated purpose is that, well, since so many cops have died over the years, we're going to get a bunch of cops together from around the country, and they're all going to come to Washington D.C. and commemorate the their fallen comrades. That's the stated purpose. Mm-hmm. And on on its face, it sounds like it's a it's a very nice solemn event. Sure, kind of like a Memorial Day thing. Yeah, remembering. But apparently it's not so solemn. Apparently the, actual, uh, the actuality is that these, uh, the reality is that the police run rampant through the streets of D.C., blaring their sirens for no reason. Uh, according to this, uh, they gunned motor- motorcycles, scurled bagpipes till 3 a.m., yelled, fought, and generally broke laws they forced the rest of us to follow. I saw video footage of cops very clearly carrying open containers out in the street. Now, look, I don't care if someone's carrying an open container in the street. In fact, I think those laws should go away. But while the laws are on the books... And the cops are enforcing them. (laughs) Right. The cops should be obeying those laws, at the very least. Right. But they don't. Because, uh, well, they know they can get away with it. They're the police. Uh, Who's going to arrest them? The other cops? Not very likely. In fact, the uh, Washington D.C. Chief, chief of police didn't do a damn thing except post up some flyers asking them to be good. <laughs> most Americans, this be is be funny
2: a, if the cops just posted up flyers and asked us not to smoke pot. That would be. I'd like to just be asked. Thanks. Ask, ask us to pay our taxes. Right. Please pay your taxes.
0: Becky Akers at LouRoncalli.com is reporting on this. She says most Americans blindly, and she she just finished pointing out that according to various different court decisions, there is absolutely. No requirement whatsoever for the cops to respond when you call them. There's no obligation on the part of the police to protect you. So don't expect them to. If they do, then you've got a bonus. But uh, you, it's, it's up to you to protect yourself. Anyway, most Americans blindly believe that cops protect us from criminals. In reality, cops protect the state from us. That's been their purpose since the first police departments were organized in the early 19th century. Prior to that, kings relied on their armies to fight their enemies, foreign or domestic. Witness the Redcoats patrolling colonial Boston. Then in 1812, George III's secretary for Ireland created the Peace Preservation Police to subdue Irish peasants upset at the British government's stranglehold. Nor has that purpose shifted over the centuries. Cops still keep muttering serfs from rising against their rulers. More from the joint resolution that was passed enabling the National Police Week. Whereas, by the enforcement of our laws, these same officers have given our country internal freedom from fear of the violence and civil disorder that is presently affecting other nations. Uh, and She says, yeah, especially when they're liquored up. <laughs> Whereas, these men and women, by their patriotic service... I don't know about you, but subjugating one's fellow citizens isn't exactly my definition of patriotic service. And speaking of subjugating citizens, uh, tomorrow night I think we might get to a story about the cops actually threatening and then choking a man um, because he wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. And their dedicated efforts have earned the gratitude of the republic or at least of its politicians. And so cops annually invade Washington D.C. They may raise a bottle of they they raise many a bottle of bud to those who paid the ultimate sacrifice during the preceding year, all 160 of them. That small number is the nation's annual average of cops who die in the line of duty, and it has been for years. About half of them are shot, and the rest might arguably be excluded from this figure because they perish in car crashes. And I'd like to insert here that of those half that are shot and killed, I'm curious, how many of those people, uh, those police officers that died from bullet wounds, were involved in no-knock drug raids? How many of them were involved in enforcing the war on drugs?
2: Well, I wouldn't want to minimize um, police that are uh, killed in the line of duty um, you know, doing their legitimate jobs. But I would think that there's a certain amount of uh, cops that that are involved and that are killed while doing these no-knock raids, which I would say is not a legitimate problem. role of law enforcement
0: and it's not just no not grades it's any sort of drug enforcing operation like a sting operation there have been cops that have been just shot out the street um, but you know trying to buy some crack or sell some crack and the deal goes bad or someone gets gets wise and just realizes it's a cop and shoots the cop so you know there's a variety of different ways but they all usually have to do to the war do with the war on drugs if it weren't for the war on drugs a lot more cops would be alive today we can only envy such low fatality since cops kill many times that number of civilians each year, and justifiably, too. See, it's murder when a citizen kills a cop, but it's justifiable homicide when they kill us. A report from the U.S. Department of Justice contains this stunner. "Quote, The use of deadly force against a police officer is almost never justified, while the use of deadly force by police often is. Killings by police are referred to as justifiable homicides, and the persons that police kill are referred to as felons. What handy logic. Cops kill felons who are felons because the cops killed them. Police justifiably kill, on average, nearly 400 felons each year. And that estimate is low. It's also unreliable. Despite a 1994 law ordering cops to report all shootings, precincts voluntarily report only justified killings to the FBI. A neat trick, but you have to work for Leviathan to get away with it. See, when we murder, it's reported. And... Felons are merely the beginning of the casualties. What about the innocent, uh, innocent bystander these reckless drivers and poor marksmen slaughter? Or their murderous mistakes like 92-year-old Catherine Johnston of Atlanta? Or bridegroom Sean Bell of New York City? Dead civilians might as well be roadkill. Their deaths literally don't count. While cops drown their sorrows over their felon, uh, fallen fellows, let decent folk honor the fallen felons. It's easy enough. Just understand who the real criminals are.
2: You know, it's a harsh article, um, but it wouldn't be written if it wasn't for some police officers out there acting out. And, uh, you know, this this whole uh, cop day celebration in Washington, D.C., where they go and act crazy and drunk, and um, clearly they've got videotape of all this stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe cops have to uh, let loose now and then, too. They shouldn't be doing it in uniform, that's for sure. I don't think they were in uniform. Well... From they, what I saw. they shouldn't be doing it at a cop convention. Yeah, they, you know, if they want to do such a thing, go to Vegas and do with, you know, and be a civilian for a while. Let's talk to, oh, go. Ahead. I, I was
3: just going to say, my issue with it is just that they enforce those laws all the time. It per, it makes me angry.
0: Yeah, open container. They they yeah, get people for that off, quite often. They love that.
3: They do it in Keene here a lot with the college kids.
0: Let's go to Owen in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Owen, what's on your mind?
5: Hey, uh, you guys ever get tickets by those cops? They try to enforce you know unjust laws.
0: Have we ever gotten a ticket by a cop? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Yes, I guess I have gotten a ticket before. Well, then
5: what you can do to protest it when you lose in court, like a traffic ticket or anything, go pay in pennies.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Hang on. If you got more, Owen, 800-259-9231. They hate that stuff. They've got a little trick for that now. More on the way, this is Free Talk Live. I want to find out what that is. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring in whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 You can join us online, freetalklive.com. Shrine of Female Listeners is there. Dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com.
2: Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business... Um, there is a one-in-three chance that you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year. The lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. KeepYourAssets.net is our experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net.
0: We just got off the phone with Owen in Washington. He dropped off during the break, but he made a pretty interesting point about if you get, for instance, a speeding ticket, that he suggested maybe paying it with pennies. And that has been done in the past, and I think it's a pretty neat idea. But, Mark, you're saying that the government's figured out a way to sort of head that one off at the past? Yeah, it's,
2: it's certainly it's um, it's not the first time that's been suggested. And uh, apparently I've, I've read some news stories, and the government uh, will have you uh, put your name and address on every roll of pennies in case one of them um, comes up short a penny or something like mm-hmm. that. So. That's sort of how they manage to keep you from uh, paying in pennies because, well, you know, it's a pain for them.
0: Yeah, so probably not really going to work, and it will just end up being more of a hassle than you expected it to be, uh, because somebody's got to roll those pennies, right? I mean, it's either you or the bank, and the bank probably doesn't want to roll, you know, a thousand dollars worth of pennies or two hundred dollars worth of pennies. It's that's a lot of pennies. Yeah. And so, didn't we
2: see um, somebody who paid a uh, fine in like a? Um, they put all the money in a big chunk of lucite or something. <laughs> yeah, who did that? I think it was one of our listeners, wasn't it? I can't remember, but it was funny. Yeah, that <laughs> was funny.
0: Um, let's see what else. Oh, my favorite story. My favorite story about paying a fine was the guy that wrote a check and then proceeded to wipe his uh area with the check, his uh anal region with uh, <laughs> Sent it check. In. How awful! Give it a little. Give it a little streakage. <laughs> and then send that in.
2: You've got to be careful that uh, with Homeland Security around, they're liable to get you this, for being a terrorist.
0: Yeah, a biological weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Zeke in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Zeke. Zeke. Zeke, are you there? Zeke going once. Zeke. Hey, hey okay. what's on your mind? Uh,
5: you guys are talking about speeding tickets, actually, uh, podcast listeners, so I'm just calling in sort of randomly about a ticket that I received on uh, Monday, and I have a little bit of a dilemma concerning that ticket
0: all right what's going on
5: i just started a new job last week and uh i was traveling to work and i crossed this bridge i have to get to across one of the major rivers here and um the speed was reduced from like 35 to 25 there as i found out later it's basically a speed trap sure and i was cruising the most tra- uh traffic travels like 40 45 and i was basically mindly driving to work plenty of time i get about two thirds way across the bridge and i get pulled over by a cop who's very authoritarian and i know from like you know watching busted and stuff that i should uh uh, you know, act a certain way. And I did that. I was actually pretty confident there. Like, you guys have been about adrenaline rushes in the past. And, uh, I really felt very calm. in the whole exchange, I just wanted to get to work. So I was very matter of fact. I didn't uh, grovel or anything. I just wanted to get my ticket and go. And of course, he, you know, I was a little bit late. So, and I have this ticket. I was, he, this couple of I was driving like 65 miles an hour in a 25 mile an hour zone. Ooh. So it's going to cost me like 209 bucks for the ticket. Plus, wow. my insurance is probably going you know, to. Got at least thousand dollars.
0: Skyrocket, yeah. Oh my.
5: Yeah, so um, I'm planning on obviously trying to contest the ticket, and I have been local for about a year and a half, so I know a lot about uh, procedural issues and things like that. And I feel okay. like I could probably go in and um, argue with these guys and, and at least get off on um, at, weaken their case or look at the holes in their case and get off that way, or just become such a procedural pain in the ass that uh, they'll just basically try to get me out of there. I was kind of looking forward to that confrontation and actually putting the cop in the hot seat and forcing him to you know, answer my questions.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: So that's the one thing I can do, but I was prepared to do this until today when I received a call from an acquaintance of mine whose brother actually works for the same police department, and he asked me about for the citation and of the officer's name, and basically, you know, long story short, he says his brother knows the chief, and if I... You know, he told me to plead not guilty. and Then I'll meet with this officer and the chief before the, the hearing, and basically, you know, use a corrupt uh, means to sort of get my the points reduced, possibly, or the fine reduced, or maybe not have the cop show up at all. But the kind wait, of wait, wait, was, wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. When you say corrupt, uh, you just mean that the police chief's just going to pull a few levers and not have the guy show up, right?
5: Pretty much. It's kind of like just doing uh, some you know special favoritism for somebody because they happen to know a cop. Now, I mean, the whole system is corrupt in of itself, so I don't really know how much of a dilemma there is to go that route, the sort of the pragmatic route.
0: Yeah, I don't see. Uh, you know, th- I agree with you. I mean, the system's corrupt. There are corrupt cops everywhere. I know there are good cops out there and everything. But if if I could get out of uh, you know a ticket by bribing a cop to the tune of a hundred bucks, I mean, if I knew I could get away with it, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if you could really get in trouble on this end. I mean, if it's uh, the chief of police who's offering to do something for you, could they charge you with uh, some sort of bribery charge or something like well, that? Well,
5: no, there won't be any bribery involved. It's just the fact that, you know, it's sort of that thin blue line. This cop will take care of his cop's friend, me, you know, you know I don't know, like the my friend's brother or whatever, but. Because they that's they scratch each other's back, so
0: so the dilemma is should you go that route or should you go and fight the uh, the ticket as you were Yeah, should I
5: go fight and sort of you know stand on a take a principled stance and assert you know my rights as fully as possible to a you know a. I, I don't see any obligation to do to.
2: Like that. They, I they've initiated force on you, not vice versa, so yeah. yeah any
3: way you can get out of that i mean i I don't see a problem with it at all,
5: well, the only thing is I may have to basically essentially plea bargain to a lesser charge which. You know, I'm very opposed to that in general. I mean mm-hmm. this is obviously a petty issue. It's not a you know, it's not a murder trial or anything. But I, I feel that it encourages, you know, that sort of those sorts of deals. I mean it's not this isn't a standard one where a prosecutor's offer me unless you know, lesser are just basically calling in a favor, but it feels sort of the same way, so I'm just you know, wondering what your take on it is if it's mm-hmm. I'm making a
0: yeah, you know. I see where you're coming from. So you're saying that basically, if you went in and fought it, there's a chance it could get dropped, and you wouldn't have it on your record or whatever. But if you well, if you go in and plea out and take a lesser uh, sentence or lesser lesser penalty, then that'll you know that'll go through on your record. And uh, and I don't know. I I see where you're coming from on that. That's a that's a tough choice.
5: You know, on the other hand, also be sort of reinforcing the idea that you know, certain people that know cops can. It strings pulled a certain way, and it just doesn't seem fair to the average citizen. I mean, the whole system's, you know, the self isn't fair. I understand that. Right. So,
0: and the, and so if you if you take their bargain, if you take this little under the table uh, agreement, then they win, right? I mean, they win because they're they're getting you to plead guilty. Um, whereas well, if you plead not guilty, there's a small chance you might actually come out ahead.
5: Exactly. Well, there is the possibility. I mean, I'm mean, pleading not guilty to begin with, but they're. They might handle it a certain way They're where I do a pleading guilty Which I don't actually know what's going to happen. They mm-hmm. said, you know, maybe this cop just won't show up at the trial, in which case I will be found not, know, not guilty. Maybe he will, and he'll ask me to do something I don't really want to do, but I'll always sort of be obligated. Oh, so
0: it's case. sort of up in the air. So the uh, the under-the-table uh, under deal isn't even really very firm. You're not really even yeah, like, sure what you're going to get out of it.
5: Exactly. I just have to trust the bureaucrats. You know, oh, they'll, take, they'll take care of me. So,
0: <laughs> Do you trust oh. this person that uh, they called you?
5: Oh, uh, the cops, brother. Yeah, I know him pretty well, but uh, I don't know his brother at all, and I certainly don't know the chief of police. You know, right? So
0: it sounds risky. I don't know. I mean, if if you feel good about it, then you should do it. But if it's if it seems iffy or questionable, I don't know if I would go for that. I, I'm kind of torn on that actually, and I'm not in your your position. I'm not in a in possession of all the facts. But if you if you think it'll work out for you, then I'm I'm with Julia. Do what it takes to uh, to get away from the the charges. And do let us know what happens, all right, Zeke? All right. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Good luck. 800-259-9231.
3: When I w- worked at an Italian restaurant in, in back in Florida, uh, there's a deputy that used to come in on a regular basis, and he was a really nice guy, and he gave me a business, his business card to put in my wallet, mm-hmm.
0: just
3: just in case.
0: Yeah, he, so was, could, he was being a nice guy, Julia. Yeah, he yeah. was. <laughs> well, no, the reason for the business card was what?
3: I just if I got pulled over and they asked for my license, for example, I kept it in front, so like the... Indian River County business, or Sheriff's Department business card was right Would on. you
0: have handed it to the uh, the cop and I, said, I know so-and-so? I don't or know, what? but
3: he was a high-ranking deputy. He was mm-hmm. very high up in the ranks. So if it had been a sheriff, I probably would have. I wouldn't do Did it with cop. Did he the suggest cops. to
0: you that you know this was like a get-out-of-jail-free card or anything like that? He
3: gave it to me with that intention, yes.
0: Interesting. Yes. 800-259-9231. You can take control. The cops break into an abandoned home. Coming up. Is free Talk Live, your show. If you take control of your weight. toll free. Number 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark 1 800 259 9231. Join us online at FreeTalkLive.com. All the features completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying my house. House.freetalklive.com is the place to go to learn more about it. It is a uh, beautifully remodeled three bedroom, two bath. Home just minutes away from the beach, and I mean less than five minutes away from the beach uh, in Sarasota, Florida. And uh, I think you are going to like it. It's got a soundproof room in case you are like a recording musician or radio person or something like that, Uh, or you just got someone who's really loud, and or maybe you want to make a little home theater that would work for that too. So it's all uh, for one hundred and seventy-five thousand bucks, which is darn cheap. Head over to house.freetalklive.com to get the details and uh, buy my house. All right, so we're talking about the cops. We've been sort of on a police thread all uh, all this first hour here. And the story is out of, uh, let's see, Kansas City, as a matter of fact. So our listeners in uh, in KC will find this interesting if they haven't heard about it yet. A local man wants police to pay for damage to a home that he's restoring. Curtis Allen said the damage happened when police officers used a residence that they thought was vacant for a training exercise. Oh no! They kicked in the door. They busted up the door jam. Alan told uh, the TV station in the area, "I want them to stop using people's property as a training tool." Police said they sometimes use vacant homes for training purposes. Officers said they look for places typical of what they're likely to find in the field. Captain Rich Lockhart said the police thought that the home was vacant when they arrived in January and the owner was not inside. What we do know is that officers did train in this house. They believed it was a vacant house, went in and did some training. Allen said he bought the house a few months ago and is starting to refurbish it. He said he didn't give anyone permission to use it. Allen said, I've talked to the previous owner of this house, and he told me they asked him for permission a few months ago, and he told them no. I don't know exactly what they go through as far as getting approval and and process to go into a home, said the, uh, the police captain that said that. He doesn't know. I don't know what they go through as far as getting approval. Now, the homeowner, Allen, isn't claiming the police ruined the doors or the house, but as a result of them coming in kicking in the house, someone else came and took the doors off the house, he said. Allen now uses a board to cover the front and rear entrances of the home. Police said they'll investigate the incident if Allen files a claim. Basically, a letter outlining what he believes we did to the home. Include pictures, if he can. We'll look at it. Talk to the officers involved. Conduct an investigation. And deny everything. <laughs> and figure out what happened. Oh, great. They're going to figure it out, huh? They're, they don't... I mean, th- this is just amazing. This is, is this a violation of the Third Amendment? Is it a violation of the Third Amendment? That's what I would It says like soldiers. That. No soldier shall in time of peace be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner. Okay, so it does say soldier, but the police are getting more and more militaristic. One could certainly make the argument. They I'm looked, sure
2: when they were practicing in there, they had on helmets and shields.
0: Right. How does that make you feel as uh, as somebody who may be a property owner?
2: Um, I mean, know and, that, and, and how would you think that a, a house was not
0: owned by somebody? Uh, they didn't say that they didn't think it was owned by someone. They just thought it was vacant. So what if it's vacant? Well, that that's means,
3: even worse. I mean, not that it was justifiable aren't anyway. Are you protecting my just house? Some guy's house that just happens to be vacant at the moment? Yeah. I mean, what if. Your house is vacant at the moment. That gives people permission to just
0: It gives wander the cops? Uh, yeah, apparently so. I mean, uh, the, how does that separate them from a homeless man or a squatter?
2: <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Exactly. I guess they're not camping out there, but nonetheless, they're they're busting into your private property and then using it for their training exercises, which may entail who knows what. You know, don't running they, around with don't guns. Don't they
3: have their own training facility?
0: Yes, they do. <laughs> yeah. They're usually located out somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and they've got their own little, uh, you know, uh, I don't know what they call them, but there's these there are these certain little training areas where there's, you know, the the uh, the silhouettes that pop out, and they have to determine whether they're a uh, you know they're a regular person or a criminal, and they have to you know shoot at them and that sort of thing. They have those they have those areas, they do those things, but uh, I guess the excuse is I, I I don't really know. I mean the, the captain's not even making excuses for them. <laughs> He says he doesn't even know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't
2: know what the hell's going on. God. Amazing, isn't it? I, I just, I don't know. These, Making cops houses. Have, they,
0: these cops have no respect for private property. They don't, I bet they don't even know what private property is. Although they would know if somebody came into their house. I bet they'd feel like they were invaded at that point. They would
3: get their gun.
0: Sure they would, and they'd be justified for doing that. And what would have happened if uh, this wasn't a vacant house? What what if it just looked vacant? I mean, how much time did they spend trying to determine whether or not this was a vacant house or Knock not? Knock on the door? Right. I mean, it looks vacant. You know, maybe there's a window busted out or something like that, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything.
2: Right. I mean, what if I decided to take something, uh, you know, take a vacant car for a uh, joyride? Do you think, I'd get, <laughs> do you think I'd,
0: they'd throw me in jail for stealing it? Well, you would be thrown in jail, but yes. a cop can actually commandeer cars and all that sort of mm. thing. You know, at least they do in the movies. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Since we're talking cops, we'll continue. But coming up, we've got uh, we've got a, a certain type of plastic surgery that is a little unusual. You've heard of maybe breast enlargements and nose jobs, but this one happens below the belt. Talk about that. It scares me to even talk about it on the radio. Yeah. Law enforcement, uh, the corrupt cops from StopTheDrugWar.org. Here's this week's crew. In Boston, a Massachusetts state trooper was arrested this month on charges he ran an Oxycontin trafficking and extortion ring. This isn't just a bit player, he's running the ring. Trooper Mark Lemieux, who had a long career arresting drug traffickers, was himself arrested along with former state trooper Joseph Candanese and two other people, including his girlfriend. He had been assigned to the Bristol County Drug Force, but that didn't stop him from allegedly arranging with a drug dealer to let his girlfriend courier OxyContin from Florida to Massachusetts. Lemieux and company went down after the dealer got busted and turned state's evidence. Mm. He had been a snitch for Lemieux, but now he snitched on him. Yeah,
2: I was going to ask, how is it that he knew how to bust all these other competing drug dealers?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, inside information. That's how it works, man. This goes on all over the country. And Mr. Lemieux is just one example of several police that have been involved in activities like this. The corruption is everywhere. In Kentucky, London, Kentucky, a former local police officer was arrested this month on drug sales charges. Brad Neupert, the son of the Department of Transportation secretary, was an officer for the Williamsburg police for seven years. Things began to go downhill for him when he crashed his cruiser into a woman's car while on duty in 2006. Drug tests then showed that he consumed oxycodone and cocaine. Hmm. As the town board met to consider firing him, just consider it, uh, he resigned. He was later arrested on drug possession and other charges in that incident. While awaiting a September court date on those charges, mister Nybert managed to get stopped for acting suspicious in the parking lot of a nightclub where a stabbing had occurred. Police found fourteen oxycontin pills and thirty two thousand dollars in cash in his vehicle. That's a lot of jack. After obtaining a search warrant and another uh, after obtaining a search warrant, another three thousand dollars in cash, fifty seven methadone tablets, that's heroin, and ledgers. He's now charged with trafficking in a controlled substance, possession of drugs, and drug paraphernalia. Having, uh, and ledgers, by the way, is like, you know, his business. He writes down, you know, who he's doing business with, how much business he's doing, that sort of thing. Having prescription drugs in an improper container, tampering with evidence, carrying a concealed deadly weapon, and impersonating a police officer. Dallas. A former Dallas police officer was found guilty in the pool chalk scandal last Friday. Former officer Jeffrey Haywood was convicted of lying on a police report by saying he field-tested a substance believed to be cocaine when it was seized in May 2001. The substance turned out to be pool chalk. What is pool chalk? Uh,
3: Oh, like you're playing pool? It's that little blue stuff, right, that you put at the end of your stick?
2: I, I was imagining... Like a you know, swimming pool? A
0: swimming pool. I, I, what do you use chalk for Apparently, there? Apparently, there was a trace of cocaine. More than two dozen people, most of them Hispanic immigrants, were arrested, convicted, and sent to prison as drug traffickers based on drug seizures that turned out to be pool chalk. Former officer Mark De La Paz has already been convicted in the scandal, and cases are pending against two other officers. Haywood was sentenced to two years in prison. Yeah, that was what they called the sheetrock scandal before. We'd actually talked about that one in mm. the past. And that one was a huge case. I mean, they put two dozen people in jail based on just lies. They lied about that stuff. They made it up. And, and they used it as an excuse to put people in jail they didn't like. That's what was going on there. I mean, it's case after case. There are at least three to five of these cases in the StopTheDrugWar.org's Stop mailing every single week. There's no shortage of corrupt cops to talk about in this country and it never stops and it won't stop until the war on drugs is absolutely completely brought to an end and you were actually talking about that today on your uh, your local television show here mark i was uh, keen weekly news which people can watch on freekeen.com uh, if they want to see what's going on but it's, and i was very pleased it's an awful little cable access show <laughs> i was pleased that you took that position on the air the you know the position of we need to end this war on drugs. Because there have been stabbings and things like that here in uh, in our little city of Keene recently. And right. Besides the cops being corrupted uh, by war on drugs, we're all just put in danger yeah, by it every day. We're all at risk from some frothing madman who wants to get his hands on drugs so badly he's willing to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. To knock over convenience stores, to steal things from people's homes and cars. Needs to end. 800-259-9231. Julia's going to tell us about... I don't even know how to describe it. It has to do with uh, female genitalia and plastic surgery, and it's kind of twisted. Coming up, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the Sekel CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. Well, plastic surgery is pretty popular in the United States. I don't know how popular it is, but it certainly seems that way, doesn't it? It it's hits media quite a bit. Uh women and this sort of ties into what we were talking about last week when Julia was on the show and and uh Americans obsession with physical attractiveness and and beauty and um their constant the American women and and men as well. And I'm sure there's a significant portion of men that that this uh, sort of disease mindset infects you know the the mindset is that they're never satisfied they're always too fat always a little too ugly something's always my nose doesn't look quite right okay fix the nose now my forehead doesn't look quite right okay fix the forehead now my breasts don't look quite right okay fix you know it's like it becomes an addiction for some people not all of them i saw um, some lady who had like 40 Plastic surgeries, Barbie doll, mm.
3: and she was frightening looking.
0: Yeah, they had her on it, uh, Penn is, and Teller.
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask if it was the woman on Penn and Teller. She had the Barbie boyfriend too, Ken, Ken doll, Ken doll. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it, it affects Americans of of uh, of all ages, and of course, the older that uh, the American who's affected gets, the more crazed they become because you lose whatever attractiveness and uh, youngness that you have, and it you it just becomes this endless sure. battle with aging. And time is not on your side when it comes to beauty. Nope. And so Americans are just throwing money down this hole of plastic surgery. And we didn't really talk about plastic surgery last week. Um, and the the type of plastic surgery you're going to tell us about, Julia, is one that most people don't really even I don't, I don't think most people know it exists, but maybe I'm wrong. What is it?
3: More women are requesting cosmetic surgery on their genitals than ever before, according to a new report from the NHS. This is out of London, by the way, so I don't know. what It's probably National Health Service. Right. Now, something.
0: mammaries don't count as genitals. No. Right.
3: The report claims that in Britain, the number of labia reductions jumped to 800, almost twice as many over the past five years. Now, I read about this on Wikipedia a couple of months ago, and mm-hmm. I was just shocked. I was just shocked. I'd never heard of such a thing. It's called a labiaplasty.
2: We well, right. uh, had uh, read on the air about a dentist who was uh, doing a home version of this on his girlfriend at one point. A labia reduction? Yeah. We, we read this on the air. Okay. And just, you know, she had basically uh, circumc- decided while they were doing the labia reduction, they decided to just go ahead and circumcise her entirely. What? Yeah. Oh. I, I'm sorry you don't remember, but that was uh, oh. one of the times that we, you know <laughs> awful. We, we talked about uh, female genital That's mutilation. Shocking. It is shocking, yes.
0: But in this case, they're reducing the size of one of their parts of their anatomy.
3: Right, which is the, the inner lips of, of the vagina. Okay. And um, I don't know. I guess per- on a personal level, I find breast enlargements to be kind of twisted. I don't get them at all, and I think that really large breasts are not only overrated, I don't think that... I think a lot of women think that guys really like that, and some of them do, but I don't think that all men really like over... I don't at all. I don't either. I think they look disgusting.
0: I think that, and and this this used to be a really popular topic on the show when we were on uh, our FM talk station originally, and it just doesn't generate as many calls as I'd like it to, but nonetheless, I'll throw out the question. And the number at 800-259-9231, even though we're going to continue talking about this labia reduction, if you want to chime in on just um, plastic surgery in general or specifically breast enlargements, as a man, uh, how do you feel about breast size when it comes to women? Is there really something to big-breasted women being more attractive, or is that a common misconception? Is that something that uh, has been somehow bred into our culture when it's not really even true? For me, um, when when a woman's breasts are bigger than proportionate, I think it's kind of freakish personally, and uh, I I find that I find it very unattractive. So I know that it's not it's not the case with me, Mark. How do you how do you? I, I think that they probably get. Some attention, and not from
2: necessarily a romantic side, but just sort of more attention um in, in in real life you know out there in the workplace uh in their personal lives, not necessarily from a romantic point of view, but you know sort of sets them apart
0: i know that that's uh you if know that 's
2: something that a woman wants to do i don 't have a problem
0: with it if it 's something she wants to do i don't
3: have a problem with, it. do, I don't I don't a problem with that either it's her since, body yeah exactly
0: it 's her body, but I think mm-hmm. that the um the motivating factor has a lot to do with a what I believe is a misconception, and that is that most men like large, just obscenely large breasts. And I don't think that's the case. But I'd like to hear from you.
2: There's certainly ones I've seen online that are just ludicrous. Um,
0: but you know, I either way, if it works and then, for them, you know, then there are the there's also a segment of guys that that like breasts to be big, but they don't like them to be fake as yeah. well. Right. And so that's why the you know they're they're trying to rack their uh they they're willing to spend a lot of a lot of money on breast enlargements that don't look like they've been enlarged now, that sort of thing.
3: I've don't know personally obviously but um I've heard that from men who have touched them that fake breasts feel different is that true So that's I hear asking me
0: I don't know <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. know either. I've I've heard the same thing, though.
3: I've heard that you can sort of feel the area if I answer, where If being... I
0: answer that question, I'm in big trouble. I just want you to know. Let's talk more about the uh, the labia reduction here in a moment. Uh, and by the way, this is all clinical. This isn't pandering or anything like that. We're talking about us from a clinical aspect. Let's talk to Mark in Mississippi. So keep it clinical when you call in. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind?
7: Well, it, it's the topic of Iran this time. Do what? Um, The topic of Iran. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Today on ABC News, they uh, said that they had uh, infiltrated the place and trying to get people to turn over to American side. Uh-huh. So
2: that's... they've spent they've All sent right. in uh, CIA um, agent. Is that what you're talking about? The CIA situation? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, okay. re-
0: we reported that earlier this week. Did you have anything to say about plastic surgery?
7: Well, if I love a woman, I'm going to love her for her. But if she doesn't love herself. Then I, I, if she wants to get all this plastic stuff on her, it, it ain't gonna work. I mean, obviously there's some problems with her that she don't love herself enough to figure she needs to change herself, and that's not a a good thing for me to go to. I mean, for I mean, if a woman feels she needs bigger breasts, she feels that she don't love herself enough or like her breasts enough to just to keep them the way they are.
0: And, and would that be a uh, a negative factor for you as far as deciding uh, to, as far as choosing a mate? Yeah. If a woman weren't it, 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 satisfied with herself, yeah. that would be a turn off.
7: It would be a turn off because I figure if she didn't love herself. To change herself, uh, she got more issues than I could deal with right now.
0: I think that I think that and I agree with you. I think that uh, confidence is a lot uh, more attractive than a, uh, a large set of breasts, and that's I mean yeah. to me that's really important.
7: You know our attitude uh and, and all that, but body parts, if you don't love yourself uh we're not going to go to same our circles.
0: Mark, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one so not only do i would I like to hear from men as far as their opinions on um, breast size and you know whether or not that's sort of been blown out of proportion in popular culture and what your thought is on that, but also ladies and you know what as a woman, what sort of pressures do you feel to get? plastic surgery to in, engage in this sort of behavior. Are you pressured at all? Do you feel like society sort of encourages this? Or is this are we blowing it out of proportion? Uh, that's kind of what I'd like to know at 800-259-9231. But, Julia, let's continue uh, discussing this unusual type of plastic surgery that apparently is gaining some steam. People are doing this more and more. It's it's becoming popular now.
3: More and more women are said to be troubled by the shape, size, size, Proportions of their vulvas, wrote Lee May Liao and, and Sarah Crichton of uh, London's You Blah 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 Women in Health Institute. I've been doing this for over 13 years, and it has become much more popular, says Robert Rowe, a plastic surgeon at the Labioplasty Master Surgery Center of New York. We're doing more cases in recent years. There's been more exposure in the media, so people have been more aware of the surgery. Patients who sought genital plasty uniformly wanted their vulvas to be flat and with no protrusion similar to the pre-pu- pre- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prepubescent yeah. can't get that word out. Look of girls in western fashion ads pornography and on gen- genital plasty websites.
0: Prepubescent wouldn't that mean like that's little before girls? puberty? Yes. Mm-hmm.
3: I find that dis- disturbing that a- adult women hate their vaginas so much that they want to look like little girls.
0: Very strange. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. And it just doesn't make sense. I mean, with breast size, at least that's something visible. Let's look into this a little bit more in your calls as well about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring whatever you want. toll-free. 800-259-9231. It is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with me. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 225,000 posts and over 1,400 people interacting. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all being discussed, uh, and it's all there for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. I was just actually checking the current post count. We're actually now over 235,000 posts. Right there, bbs.freetalklive.com, talking about a, a certain brand of insanity. And that is the obsession that many Americans, a lot of American women, but also American men, the obsession that a, a lot of Americans have with perfection. They uh, They have this ideal for what they think that a human body should look like, and they uh and they get sort of infected with this obsession with constantly striving to attain that level of uh that level of appearance for themselves and of course, breast enlargements uh, for women have gotten very popular over the last you know few decades and uh, and you know it costs a lot of money, and the women are changing their appearance they're obviously not satisfied with themselves and I'm concerned that a lot of women won't be satisfied with themselves when they're when they're done with their breast enlargements they 'll find something else about themselves that isn't up to par isn't up to their standards that they want to change, and they're going to spend some more of their hard earned money on and uh, and and then go and cut themselves up and that's that can't be good for you just in general, just cutting and changing and and doing all that and and now we're talking about something I think is like the height of like, the, the finality of the, the, the apex of this disease. And that is that women are actually cutting their genitals, their, their, these labia reduction processes. They're, they're slicing their genitalia and restructuring it in order to, to have it look different.
2: Now, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with a woman getting a uh, breast enlargement if that's what she wants to do for whatever reason, um, but I do sort of think that there's a phenomenon out there where um, people in general will think that it's that their their physical appearance is far more important than they who they are as a person. Yeah. And so they'll they'll change themselves physically rather than uh, look at themselves from the inside where they may have some more. Uh, bigger problems, and somehow they, they expect to solve their problems by changing their breast size or, you know, I, I don't know <laughs> what a guy is going to do necessarily, but I know that they get plastic surgery. Um, yeah. So, you know, that, that's probably my biggest concern in the area, and, and this just sounds disturbing entirely.
0: Well, the the weirdest thing about this is that, you know, with other... With other uh, examples of plastic surgery, whether it be facial reconstruction or breast enlargement, you can at least see the results, right? I mean, on a daily basis, you can see, oh, your nose looks different or, Mm -hmm. oh, your breasts are larger. Um, it It doesn't do anything for me. I think it's weird personally, but at least you could sort of make the connection and understand why that was being done. Because it's visible, it's mm-hmm. an advertisement. You know, these women that get the breast enlargements, they want to advertise themselves to the potential men that are out there because they believe it will get them a higher quality man or something like that. I'm not really quite sure what goes through their heads, and if you know, I'd like to hear from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But with a labia reduction, there's nothing visible there, uh, and it would seem that when someone um, is to finally view this, and this is this. This isn't just the the purview of strippers and and uh, and porn stars, although that's where it started.
3: Right. Apparently, there's a large number. I believe it was Wikipedia's page where that I'm citing, but I, there's a large number of porn stars who get this procedure done. So women see this in porn and think that that's what their vagina is supposed to look like,
0: <laughs> which is just amazing. So it started with them, but most people don't advertise their genitalia. You can't walk around in public showing off that region. Hey, you want to see my operation? Um, and so it would seem to me that if someone were to get this labia reduction, the only time anyone would ever become aware of such a uh, of that procedure being done is when you've gotten to the point in a relationship, whether it be a one-night stand or whether it be you've been building up to that point for a while, whatever your preference is, when you've gotten to the point of getting ready to have sex with somebody, and in many cases, with a first-time uh, first encounter, you know, the lights might be off, somebody might be a little bit uh, shy or whatever. I mean, in many cases, you might not even see what's going on down there. It's, it's very unlikely that you're going to be how, inspecting.
2: How hurtful would it be if, uh, you know, the, the potential partner there never even noticed and didn't even
0: care? I guess yeah. I mean maybe the maybe the the intent is it's that which seems likely that to seems me.
3: very likely since vaginas all look different,
0: well, that's true, and I guess that's the intent, right, because the woman must be concerned that if her labia are too long that they'll be noticed, and they will the man will care about that. And, I mean, can you imagine, as a guy, Mark, can you imagine getting a, you know, you've got a a nice lady that you've taken out for dinner, you take her back to your place or whatever, things start moving in the right directions, and then, you know, she takes off her clothes, and and you would say, oh my god, your labia are so long, I'm out of here, baby, see you later. Are you kidding me?
2: It doesn't seem like it would be a real issue.
0: Right, but what else could they be concerned about? I don't know. 800-259-9231. five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to Liz in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Liz. Ladies first.
8: Um, as far as the labia goes, I don't. I it might have to do with sensation. I really didn't want to comment too much on that.
0: Well, I don't think that, and, and that is actually coming up later in the article, um, as I or at least the article that I had about this because I had the same uh, a similar one tonight. The the concern is that the operations are going to reduce sensation, not enhance it.
8: Uh, that's what I would think. Right, I agree. But as far as cosmetic surgery in general and breast enhancement or enlargement, mm-hmm. um, I, th- I, th- I have mixed feelings. I mean, ever since I'm a teenager, I'm 42, and since I'm a teenager, I've never really liked the way my breasts point. You know, they point out.
6: Mm-hmm.
8: There are things I personally, I have, you know, that we all have an eye for what should be beautiful, and we're all very influenced also by... Mainly the media, and and you, you know, I think sure. that you'd agree that the media dictates to women
6: uh, their em- image.
8: You know, what's pl- and men, right? I agree with you entirely. So it's hard for me when I think about having maybe my breasts lifted and enhanced somewhat proportionally, though, because I think that some women look like absolute freaks.
6: <laughs> they yeah. do.
8: They just look like freaks, and I think that the men that gravitate towards that. Type of a woman are not men that I would be uh, find attractive anyway, no right. matter what they look like on the outside. But I, at the same token, wouldn't. You know, I, I don't think I. I don't think I can make you know a judgment and say it's completely wrong to so you're just, you know you're enhance your that... looks. If I had a very prominent bone in my nose that you know made my nose look gigantic, I think that it may, would only make sense. We have the technology. You know the medical technology. I think it would only make sense to have my nose reshaped. I just think that you did And the a, reason you know, for
0: that is because you just aren't satisfied with yourself, or you're concerned about being able to find a uh, to find a mate.
8: I think that to, honestly, I think that it, to be perfectly real to myself about that, because I'm not immune to the influence. Because it's not only jerks out there that are you know find are drawn at least initially towards what a woman looks like. So. I would have to say that I can't really tell it would be a blend of both for me. It would be self-satisfaction because I am an artist and I have an artist's eye and I like things symmetrical and pretty, but, you know, it's beautiful, I should say, and I know beauty is inside, too. And comes out. And some think that abstract art is just as beautiful. If
0: you want, hang on a little bit. We might bring it back here. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are for free, including the live streams. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Both sizes will fit virtually. Uh, one of those two sizes will fit virtually any Internet connection. Uh, it's all there at freetalklive.com, and it is for free.
2: Wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana? Go to NeverGetBusted.com and view clips
0: of the recently released DVD that gained world attention. NeverGetBusted.com. We're talking about plastic surgery. We're talking about uh, modification of one's original self and trying to achieve this sort of Adonis-like figure, this fantasy. Or Aphrodite, in yeah. the case maybe. be. Uh, this fantasy figure, this perfection that is, in my opinion, unachievable. Um, these people that get hooked on plastic surgeries and they keep doing the surgeries, they don't look better after all is said and done. You mentioned Mark uh Barbie doll, this woman that has had several dozen plastic surgeries done to herself. She's one of the most atrocious looking people <laughs> I've ever seen, and I would like to have seen I would have Michael liked to Jackson's
2: have seen, probably a good example also.
0: He's another good example, you're right. Uh, and I would have liked to have seen what she looked like before she um she made all those changes. I bet she was probably. Decently attractive in comparison to what she looks like now, and so I, I guess I'm just concerned that this might become an addiction for some people, and I'm just generally concerned with the fact that people feel the the need, they feel that they should change themselves, that they're so dissatisfied with themselves that they must go through um, the process of literally cutting themselves open and modify uh, and modifying themselves. Let's go back to uh, Liz in New York now, Liz. Julia pointed out during the break that she been been—you've been pretty honest with us. I mean, about your feelings in regards to uh, surgery and that sort of thing. Liz, yeah. Well,
8: I don't. I, you know, I'm listening to you again, and I, I guess I don't really fit in the category. My comment is not exactly because I, I think the Barbie doll you're referring to is—I think her name is Tabitha, or that's the name she uses. I've seen her blonde, long hair. I've seen her, you know, like. Actually, boast about you know her well, admit her ad- addiction, and she loves it. I mean, that's what she says anyway. <laughs> and uh, you know, Michael Jackson is is a, is a horror story. It's pathetic yes, to is. look at somebody like him. But then there's Cher, and I, regardless of you know whether that's an image of of a pretty woman or not, to you personally, I don't think her surgeries were bad at all right, It right wasn't a
2: disaster and she's certainly shown not some at all. And success she looks,
8: she's, exactly she looks very healthy and quite useful i, I have no idea how old she
2: is Actually, you know, i've got to say that i feel like if if you do go through this you're approaching it with the
0: right attitude I, I you know from my personal point of view i don't have a problem okay if you're going to go through it i think liz has the the most healthy attitude that one could could have when approaching this but Liz, would you would you agree that um the your desire to change yourself stems more from society's influences on you than anything else.
8: I, I probably, and that probably stems way, to, way back into my childhood as well.
0: Was there because something specific? Messages
8: that the message that we get messages when we're very young. When you're going through school, somebody looks at you and makes a remark. You know, I, you know, it just stings. I have a 12 year old right now, and I'm watching him, and he's a boy, and he comes home sometimes, and he starts leaking, you know, things out that went on during the day, and I am amazed how how he's affected. I, not sure. Maybe that's a reflection on me, but well, no. I you should are, be amazed.
0: I mean, the the, the way some kids... of the
8: things that are said, yeah. that, you know, among each other, are so cent, cent uh, centered on their physical appearance.
0: Yep, it's gone way and beyond the It's almost four crippling eyes, emotionally you
8: know? when these kids get, and I and then I can go back to my own childhood. And I'm just an average-looking person. I have my good days and I have my not-so-good days. But my own childhood, I can remember getting digs once in a while from somebody that just was like a scar. Whether I, you know, I mean, I was a kid, so I I didn't have the...
0: And it's getting worse. It's gotten worse, I think, over the years as uh, as society has become more and more obsessed with appearance. Uh, young people have gotten more and more vitriolic and and spiteful towards those that that don't approach that sort of um, that beautiful ideal. And uh, and kids can be so harsh about it. I mean, it goes far beyond four eyes and and other ins- insults that people might have gotten when they were in school a, a couple of decades ago. Kids are really mean to one another these days. And, and- that
8: and that perfection and flawless beauty is very very prevalent on the internet
6: Yep. so yeah, sure when is. kids it's are surfing the, the
8: internet place. everything is I mean I go to MySpace page which has nothing to do with what I look like and just the ads that flash are yeah. like amazing. It's, I mean, it's, it's always a a very, very sexy, unbelievably sexy. You know, women or you know, very provocative. I
0: think it's. I think it's very unhealthy. I think those messages uh, are very unhealthy, and it's damaging our society. And and Liz, thanks for the call. We really appreciate your uh, your candor tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you look at it, it's everywhere. I mean, she's right. It's it's all over MySpace. Look at pop music, for instance. Why do they call pop music, pop music? Popular. Is popular. Why is pop music popular? Uh, because people like it. It's not because it's really great music, is
2: it? <laughs> no. No, largely it's marketed well.
0: Why is it marketed so well? Um, because there's money to be made on it. Because the reason that they're so effective at marketing pop music stars... Is because the pop music stars are very,
2: very beautiful people. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially the women, specifically. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of dudes can get away with uh, being ugly, and uh, especially rock and roll. But
0: but I'm uh, no, no, no. I'm not talking about rock and roll. I'm not talking, talking about pop. subgenres. Pop I'm...
3: music like In Sync and the Backstreet mm-hmm. Boys. Even Look those at... guys are pretty. Yeah, Even
0: girls, Back to Wham or something love like that. Those guys. Right, and it's gotten it's it's been uh, escalating over time. So pop music isn't popular because it's great. Uh, because you can put a pop music song up next to some guy playing a guitar in a bar, and the guy do, playing the guitar is probably going to be more talented than the pop music kids. In some cases. But the ta- the pop music people are, are picked on the basis of being pretty. When was the last time you saw a 300-pound pop music star? <laughs> Never. It, yeah, it just doesn't happen. It can't possibly happen. Even if the a 300-pound person were to get on American Idol and win... That person would never go any further in their career because... Yeah, they might be very, very talented. But. Right. And and odds are good they'd be more talented. And so there's pop music. Of course, movies glamorize it. You, you don't get cast in a TV show. If you're an ugly person, you don't get cast on television or in a movie unless you're specifically playing an ugly role. Everyone else usually is is one of the beautiful people right yeah, yeah. and so i think
2: ugly this is, or fat
0: i think this is really damaging we'll continue to discuss this uh let's continue with the phone calls though and talk to lee in montana listening on kgez hello lee lee
9: yes good hey. day
0: hello sir what's on your mind
9: well i don't know that blues travelers guy uh gotta be getting close to 300 the harmonica player
0: I don't oh, know okay. if
9: you'd call that pop music or not, but... I, I think, don't know. I mean... I think he's a pretty big dude.
2: I, I think pop music is mostly to, uh, to to appeal to the younger sex. Yes. No, you know, not... Oh, not yeah, I, I knew what I
0: you meant,
9: like.
0: but... You blues, know, blues Traveler had a hit or two, I think, in the 1990s. It's certainly possible for a niche genre like a Blues Traveler to break out in, into a popular hit. But, yeah. I, but I, you know what I mean. You know the that produced... wasn't why I
9: called, but right. uh, I had three things uh, about that. My ex-wife... Um, When she was in high school, at the very end of summer, just before school started, uh, got a nose job, (laughs) and uh, she shows up with two black eyes and like, God, were you in a car wreck or your brother hit you or what Mm -hmm. happened, you know, and she looked that way for over three months. Not
0: not very beautiful with the black eyes, huh?
9: No, her uh, dad was German, Austrian, uh, ancestry, like third generation or something, but she had his nose. Oh, well, her nose had character. and uh, She changed that? She changed that, and she got the and his insurance to pay for it because the doctor says, well, you got a deviated septum so they could do a nose job on the insurance company. And even when I was a junior in high school, I said, no wonder insurance costs so much. People are always scamming them. Wow. Um, I mean, it, it bugged me back then. But anyway, it didn't keep me from marrying her 10 years later. But... um. Mm-hmm. When we went to court for a temporary custody hearing, my attorney had never seen her before.
0: We're oh, okay, in. all right, hang on, Lee, we'll get to this. The courtroom drama section, hang on, 800-259-9231. Talking about plastic surgery and people who are just not satisfied with themselves. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airways. All free, 800 259 92.31, the SACL CAI toll-free line, Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, and that does include the uh, Shrine of Female listeners, ladies who have sent us their pictures from around the world to prove they listen to the show at shrine.freetalklive.com. And a great way to help support the show is to buy some stuff over at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you shop through that link, Freetalk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So just enter their site, ...through that link. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get your shopping done and feel good because you know that you helped out Free Talk Live at the same time. Let's go back to the phones. Back to Lee in Montana listening on KGEZ. We're talking about people who are obsessed with changing themselves they're never satisfied with themselves there's always some new uh surgery they've got to get to uh, pursue the path towards perfection and i think society has a lot to do with the reason uh reason why people in america think this way and, and it's a lot of the western world as well but lee you were telling us about your ex-wife and apparently uh, the two of you met in high school she
9: qualified exactly for what you said she was never satisfied with herself uh yep. Always had something wrong. But but, but, um, now, but
0: you were satisfied with her, weren't you? I mean why was she Yeah, well
9: I signed up for the program, so yeah, you know, you'd think that was okay. I wasn't her only boyfriend ever. I, she's tall, thin, uh smart, uh you know, not a bad looker, just after her nose, and that's what brought me to the attorney. Never seen her before. And he says, How much money did she get from the doctor? I said, Uh huh. He says, "How much money did she get from the doctor? She's had a nose job, hasn't she?" I said, "Yeah." You guys sued her, didn't you? I said, "Well, she got that in high school." He says, "Well, I would. If I was her parents, I would have sued him." Wow. He says, "I've seen a few of these cases come through. That's as bad as any I've seen." So here she's thinking she's looking real shiny because she got her nose job. Actually, worse than it was.
0: Oh my! I
9: mean, this guy never saw her before, so that perception. She's thinking she's now profiling. All through the rest of high school and everything, and unbeknownst to her, everybody's oh, God, they really butched that thing up. She looked better before.
0: That's another factor we didn't even touch on. That the uh, the, the chance that when you go through one of these surgeries, you have to remember it's surgery. You know, they told me when I got my vasectomy that while the vasectomy is the most is probably the safest of all surgeries in the world. It's, yeah, what could you lose? It's still surgery, <laughs> and you're, it's still invasive, and it could really, you, there can always be complications. So not only could there be a complication, and you could you could get in something severe could happen, but they could just botch up the job. Huh. And I
9: knew a guy who got a vasectomy; and his leg turned purple down to his knees for seven months. He oh, couldn't even goodness. get up on a forklift. But Lord. wow, that's a yeah. So, There's uh, another guy that maybe should have sued, but...
0: So have you um, seen your ex-wife since uh, since the divorce, or has she gone off and... to? to listen, in
9: Tasmania.
0: How unusual.
9: <laughs> that would be her. Huh.
0: Very good. Um, Lee, thanks for the call, man. We've got to move on to other calls. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 to Dave in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Dave.
4: Dave? Hey, long live free talk. Dave. Hey, first of all, I'm not in the witness prot- protection program.
6: <laughs> you got your own I, lived in, Monta-
4: I lived in Montana since 79, haven't lived in New Jersey since 76. <laughs> there you go. And love the Rocky Mountains. Hey, and we all know that big, beautiful, bouncing boobies is power in the marketing realm. And everybody's trying to sell themselves, and women have an uh, easy act uh market Program right there with with you know, with the size of her breasts, and I notice that larger breast women are more jovial, and if they make them feel mm-hmm. better, why not? I, I, a lot of the flat chested women are kind of uptight. I I, I notice. Do you think but, that uh, might be
0: because you think if that's true, do you think that because
4: might because because of society's because uh, of society. thing, yeah. and and it's like the lady was saying, you know, the marketing Fifth Avenue. That's that's their greatest marketing tool is the female body and with all this feminism and equalness and everything i think the woman should stand up and slap that down but they make money off of it and that's one of the only ways they make money it's an easy shot like uh, basketball players or football players it's an easy shot for them to make it make the home run they what can you, make a lot of money with their body, so don't don't right. invest in that body.
0: So I can under I could I can see where you're coming from on that. Doing it as because society is so diseased that you feel like you have to go along and right. and upgrade right. your breast so you can get a better job position or whatever. But and how does that explain now? Wait, Dave. How does that explain the labia reduction, which is the original? I think
4: I think about. it has something to do with the tighten up. If you think, if you know what I'm talking about, it doesn't have nothing to do with the looks. It's it's for to tighten up. Hmm. Now, because I they're would old, definitely
3: huh? disagree with this because I have personally talked to women, friends and things over well, the years I don't who know. hate See, the I was way their their at
4: it. Because individuals, like you say, you know, unless they're going to wear new pants with clear plastic on them now, you <laughs> you know because of the pop thing that's just trend setters you know it's the fashion industry probably uh subsidizes the pop music because it's so crappy anyway yeah. and they and they dress them up the the way they want to sell their new clothing sell their new looks sell their new actions it's all it's all uh trend setting for uh, fashion. Fashion you, brings in big bucks.
0: Do you agree, uh, Dave, bucks. that this is damaging, that this uh, mindset oh, yeah. in this culture is now, very see, damaging? This
4: is where I wanted to go with this. Now you're touching into, now you know why they dress women in burkas in in, in other countries. That's the other extreme. You know it's what I true. mean? Because they 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 put the burqa on the woman so the man won't go wild with looking at a woman and everything. And then, you know, the body has nothing to do but see we're, we're in america we could see both extremes we know that it's to with money you could buy a perfect body you know that's craziness that's just you know the ultimate of greed and uh self-centeredness
0: well we Even, well said Dave. no, thank no you. guarantee you get a perfect body out of the
2: deal
4: no yeah, certainly right.
0: not and thank you for the call david we appreciate it 800-259-9231 julia were there uh was there more to this story
3: uh yeah actually uh, Talking just a little about bit more
0: labia reduction, the new craze in America.
3: <laughs> Patients who sought genitoplasty uniformly wanted their vulvas to be flat and with no protrusion. I think I already read that. Okay, uh, not not unlike presenting for presenting for a haircut at a salon. Women often brought images to illustrate the desired appearance, says Crichton. The illustrations usually from aver- are usually from advertisements or pornography and are selective and possibly digitally altered. More studies are needed to determine if vaginal surgery offers any long term benefits for women and that's the end
0: I, I can't imagine that uh, you know there'd be some sort of benefit. it would seem to me, according to the uh, the American i think it's AFp i'm not sure what that stands for, but anyway the AFP article at uh, Breitbart. According to that, there are some, some doctors that are, are genuinely concerned that these labia reductions may have some sort of, um, you know, effect as far as the, it says here, plastic surgery to the labia carries risks for this zone carries nerve fibers that are highly sensitive right. and are a key pathway of sexual arousal. Incision to any part of the genitalia could compromise sensitivity. You know, they, uh, we've talked to, to quite an extent about male circumcision on this show, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it the affects, idea... It, it affects sensitivity. You're cutting off the foreskin mm-hmm. of the uh, the penis, and that is removing nerve endings. Parts, yeah. Right? So, I mean, here, in this case, you're talking about shortening the, uh, the labia minora, and that's going to do some... It seems to me that could be really dangerous. But yet, nonetheless, women in their constant, obsessive uh, pursuit of this perfect body... Are going to are cut themselves?
2: It's sick. It. I. I can't say I like the idea very much.
0: What would yeah. you say to somebody, Julia? I mean, if if a friend of yours, and you have a, a few female friends that uh, that confide in you, if a friend of yours confided to you that she was considering a surgery like this, what would you say to her?
3: Man, I don't know because. I'm all for people doing whatever they feel is right. I would personally advise against it, and I actually have had friends that have personally told me that they hate the way their vaginas look, specifically that part, and that they I know for a fact that if they had the money, they would get that done in a My heartbeat, Goodness, uh, which is scary to me. I would obviously advise against it, and I would, I would say what you just said about the nerve endings, and I would compare it to male circumcision like you did, but I mean... I don't really tell my friends what they should do or not do, so I could really only give advice. And um, Sure, I mean,
2: that would be weird. presuming they asked you right. for advice. So.
3: I normally, are, I don't know. And I
2: many women talk about plastic surgery that don't get it.
3: Right, exactly.
2: Um, so
0: they hate the way their genitals look.
2: I'm not sure that um, in, I, in some cases, you know, uh, some people that are thinking about plastic surgery are just thinking about it. Right. I don't know if they hate everything. Um, but certainly the ones that uh, go through with it, and you're talking
0: about somebody who probably really disliked the way a right. part of them looked. I think if you hate the way your genitals look, you have gone to the most advanced stages of this disease. Whatever this is, this obsession with, uh, with perfection, I don't think you can get any worse than that. Because, my goodness, your genitals are concealed at almost all times, uh, day and night. And the only time anyone's ever going to see them is when they've, you know, you've gotten to a point in a relationship where it shouldn't matter what they think about how your genitals look. And the fact is, if they do care about how your genitals look, they're a shallow, pathetic human being that you shouldn't spend any time with. Don't change yourself for that. Hour three's coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com. You know what? I think we might go back to the plastic surgery slash breast enhancement topic because there's a little bit more. Julia's been sort of doing some research during the break uh, looking for a story about teenagers and breast enlargement. Apparently, it's that's becoming quite a trend, the trend being parents actually paying to have their kids' breasts enlarged at age 17 or 16 or 18, that sort of thing. And uh, we'll get back to that. But uh, let's talk so, uh, about a story that was brought up on the air a few days ago. And I mentioned that I had seen the story and I wasn't really prepared to to read it on air because it was coming from a questionable source Well, now the same story has come out from a much more reliable source, and it's certainly it's 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 one that's kind of scary, and it's worth talking about. It's about how President Bush has uh, has granted himself even more powers than he has had in the past, and this isn't satire from The Onion. We've read we've read similar satire before, sort Mm -hmm. of joking about this. Uh, This is real. It's from WorldNetDaily.com. And President Bush has signed a directive granting extraordinary powers to the office of the president in the event of a declared national emergency, apparently without congressional approval or oversight. Isn't it amazing? I mean, he already had the power, apparently, to just create a directive, as it's called, and... and uh, Sign some more powers to himself, which is what he's done. And my comment on this story when we... Does when, he have the power to do that? Because I don't yeah, feel like he does.
3: I was just going to ask, should... It seems to me that the president should never be able to just start making things up. And, right. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense.
0: Well, constitutionally, he does not. Oh. But if he does something and no one calls him on it, then yes, he does have that power. It's true. And, and my analysis of this last time, and we'll get into the details here in a moment, but when, we talked, when I touched on it earlier this week, I pointed out that you know, it didn't really matter that this was coming from an unreliable source because the fact is the president has already claimed a bunch of powers in the past, and we already know that according to the Defense Authorization Act of 2007, that the military can now be utilized by the president right here in America for policing purposes. In violation of the Posse Comitatus Act from the 1800s. So, I mean, all of the, the uh, things are in place that are necessary for martial law in America. But now it's getting worse. The National Security and Homeland Security Presidential Directive was signed on May 9th. Uh, And it was issued with the dual designation of uh, NSP-51 as a national security presidential directive and as a homeland security presidential directive. The directive establishes under the office of the president a new national continuity uh, coordinator whose job is to make plans for... National essential functions. National of all
2: continuity coordinator. Yeah,
0: of all federal, state, need this. local, territorial, and tribal governments, as well as private sector organizations to continue functioning under the president's directives in the event of a national emergency. Catastrophic emergency is loosely defined as, quote, in any incident, regardless of location, that it results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage, or disruption severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions. So any incident, wherever, that results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage, or disruption severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions. That, that could be all kinds of different things. The tornadoes down in uh, Kansas, the uh, hurricanes Katrina and Rita down in uh, Mississippi and Louisiana.
2: You know there was there was a little bit of flooding here in uh, in New Hampshire, and they can call it a sta- uh, state emergency. I
0: mean they can really do call it anything they want. Right now they're going to call it a catastrophic emergency, and that will allow the president to uh, utilize his newfound powers that he's assigned to himself. Corsi says, uh, this guy that wrote the article, says the president can assume the power to direct any and all government and business activities until the emergency is declared over, which is apparently whenever he wants to declare it's over. Until. Right. The directive says the assistant to the president for Homeland Security and counterterrorism would be designated as the national continuity
2: coordinator. I I would like to ask at this point the question, how often have you seen the government um, take A power for themselves, take on a new responsibility, Mm -hmm. and then let that go. Then, very seldom get smaller. I can't think of anything uh, offhand. Uh, You know, the the draft—they got rid of that. Yeah, they did get rid of the draft, but the
0: Selective Service is still there. Yep, it it is. So there was a a big outcry over it too. That's why they got rid of it. He says the directive makes no attempt to reconcile the powers created to the national uh, community. Continuity Coordinator with the National Emergency Act, which requires that such proclamation shall immediately be transmitted to the Congress and published in the Federal Register. A Congressional Research Service study notes that the National Emergency Act sets up Congress as a balance empowered to modify, rescind, or render dormant such emergency authority if Congress believes the president has acted inappropriately. But the new directive appears to supersede the National Emergency Act by creating the new position of National Continuity Coordinator without any specific act of Congress authorizing the position. The directive also makes no reference to Congress, and its language appears to negate any requirement that the president submit to Congress a a determination that a national emergency exists. It suggests instead that the powers of the directive can be implemented without any congressional approval or oversight. The spokesbureaucrat for the Department of Homeland Security confirmed that the Homeland Security Department would implement the requirements of the order under the bureaucrat's direction. The White House declined to comment on the directive. Isn't that nice so you have a situation now in this country where the president gets to legislate from his office he gets to write up things called directives and executive orders things like that just writes them up signs them and then they become law that's that's how it works apparently now in America. It's been that way for a long time. This isn't a President Bush thing. All all sorts of presidents have been issuing executive orders. It's just that Bush is sort of taking it um further than any other president ever has in the past. And now there's absolutely no congressional oversight whatsoever on these extra presidential powers, and he can turn them on and off at uh you know, whenever he feels like it, just as long as he declares it a uh declares it a let's see, what was it? A catastrophic emergency.
3: I guess what I find most disturbing about this is that I imagine this makes a lot of people very feel really good, feel really safe. Not everybody, but all the there's a lot of people that, for example, um, feel that well, the military should have been all all, all across our borders after seven mm-hmm. September 11th. Those kind of people probably this makes them feel safe.
2: And well, I'm not right. sure that uh, <laughs> they may think that uh, the military should have been on the borders, but you know we let the 9/11 bomber people in
3: i they i understand visas, that ballot visas but some putting people, the military
2: on the border wouldn't have had anything to do with oh that. i
3: understand and that's talking a about totally, the mindset though. right i'm talking about the mindset i'm not mm-hmm. talking about that oh i
0: know and i know that's out there and, right the mindset would be the mindset would be oh thank goodness harold i just heard that president bush has gotten himself more power today now we don't have to worry about that democratic congress getting in his way that sort of mindset mm-hmm. right now he's the unitary executive uh, with the stroke of his pen. He can do whatever he wants to do. He declares a catastrophic emergency and takes total control of uh, of the country and and uh, brings military troops into the streets of uh, of, of certain places. And, and that's kind of scary to me.
3: And what people with that mindset should remember is that if a Democrat president gets voted in, you know, they're, not their team, he's going to have the same power. Uh,
0: but, Julia, as long as he calls a catastrophic emergency before the next election... Then there won't be a chance for a new uh, a Democrat to get elected. I don't know. It's, or another Republican. It'll be George for, Bush forever. It's hard
2: for me to imagine that that's going to happen here in America. Me,
0: me too, but... but
2: they- Everything sure in
0: place for it. Yeah, they, he could do it if he wanted to.
3: Exactly, that's what's frightening.
0: Yeah, and there was there was speculation about it back in 2004 because again the plans were being laid. These these uh, different things were being implemented that that gives the president more power. And of course, again, Congress isn't going to do anything about this. Congress isn't going to step in and say, "Hey." We're in, we're going to impeach you over this, or you know we're going to do something about this. No, nope. they're not going to do that. They're man. just going to sit back, and who knows what the reasons for that are? Maybe they've got a bunch of dirt on them all, and you know they're they're too afraid to do something. But nonetheless, they're just going to sit back as this man continues to take more and more power. And and what what Americans think? I mean, what what would Americans do? How far do they have to be pushed? What if in theory? If President Bush declared a catastrophic emergency before the next election, suspended the elections, because they were actually talking about that being something he could do in 2004. Yeah,
2: and I, I don't think Americans would go for that. And most but Americans are pretty upset with Bush But what would they do? Make a lot of noise. <laughs> so? He's in control.
3: Dictator. They're making noise now about the war and it hasn't done a thing.
0: Yeah, right? 800-259-9231. What would be the appropriate response from Americans if... Elections were suspended. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind, toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Sakel CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site, completely free, including updates. You just get signed up, and we clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list, and you can get on it by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That is updates dotfreetalklive.com. Dot so, uh, moving on from the whole police state thing, because we could just get mired down in that for forever if necessary. There's all kinds of uh, terrible things that the government is doing in the name of safety and security, which, of course, is taking away your freedoms, is what they're doing. And uh, I guess I did ask a question before you we went away, though, and that was that if George W. Bush was to enact this new state of emergency or whatever, the catastrophic emergency, grant himself extra powers and suspend elections in 2008. What what would Americans do? It's a hell of an if. Um, I,
2: I I don't think Americans would put up with it. Um, what would they do, riot? If, I, I, you wouldn't have to riot. Somebody would just have to, to shoot him. Um, so, I mean... I, I don't think would that, that become appropriate at that point? I'm not nothing. I, I would never ever suggest that it's appropriate to shoot the president. Never ever. But he's not a president then. Then he's a
0: strongman dictator. Well, whatever. I'm, I, I w- I'm not suggesting that it's appropriate to shoot the president. But what if the president suspends the uh, the Constitution? And if one could make the argument, the Constitution's already. I don't been think started. that
2: suspends the Secret Service.
0: No, it certainly. Because the Secret Service isn't in the Constitution. Okay, true. Um, but but if there's no more elections, what would Americans think about that? Because Americans in, are in love with the idea of democracy, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they've they they been told that they live in a democracy, which, of course, is not the case. It's supposed to be a representative republic. But Americans love the idea of voting. They believe that voting is a great thing. And, and then the president could take that away from them if he wanted to.
3: I kind of feel, first of all, I don't... I, I don't really think that that is going to happen. I don't think, I don't think so either. I'm not concerned with it, but it well, is scary I, I that they set it up. It is scary that it is now okay to do that.
2: Or, I think that if there was, a, it, it, to me, it seems yeah. like if there was a president that was going to seize power, I feel like we've got him I, there I, right now. I agree I with that. I don't think he's going to, but... Uh,
3: yeah. But I guess um, I'm sort of concerned because, for example, with the war, people... Are, do not want to pay for this war. A majority mm-hmm. of Americans do not want to pay for it. They don't think we should be over there. But they keep paying. There. But they keep paying, and even though people put bumper stickers all over their car and they rally against it, it doesn't do anything. Americans as a whole don't, they don't do anything about it. What good does it do to be against the right. war?
0: Right. Nothing fundamental changes exactly. about uh, America if a Democrat gets elected over a Republican. Right. And, and Americans are mired down in this red versus blue, my team versus your team, my set as though something's actually going to happen, and they're they're somehow snookered into believing every election cycle that the new politician is going to be somehow radically different from all the old politicians, that they know politicians lie, but yet somehow Barack Obama, he's going to change everything, man. Hillary I, Clinton, she's a woman, she's going to change everything. Politics will never be the same. Things I just will be have, better.
3: I just have a really difficult time believing that Americans would, as a whole, would do anything about it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, what could they do, right? I mean, they could go out and riot in the streets. We want our voting back. We want our voting back. But you know, he doesn't have to bring it back.
3: And The cops he's will probably arrest him right, anyway.
0: Right? Yeah, the cop, cops will arrest him. He's been uh, he's suspended the voting. In fact, Mark, here's a plausible scenario for you. What if Ron Paul? What if Ron Paul becomes so popular that? the establishment gets so frightened i mean they're scared now they're trying to blackball they're trying to blackball him they're trying to tar, tar and feather him they're trying to, to to just destroy whatever sort of reputation he has they're they're doing everything they can to attack this man mm-hmm. and they're losing because ron paul is a man of principle for the most part and he is—he's uh, approaching issues from a principled standpoint. He's making waves. He's getting conversions. Democrats are converting to the Republican Party so they can vote for Ron Paul in the primary. What if Ron Paul comes out of the gate as the Republican candidate for president? What if that scares the establishment so much that President Bush decides that this is—it's time for the the national catastrophic emergency in order to prevent. Ron Paul for winning the presidency. I
2: don't really believe in um, a you know an establishment that's sort of um, pro government, uh, pro Democrat or Republican. Sort of the, we're all the same party that's screwing America. I think effectively they are. I just how believe- do you
0: explain? Um, I, I I see where you're coming from, and I I I want to sympathize with you. Mm-hmm. But when you see George Bush Senior palling around with Bill Clinton as though they're just old chums as they've been doing for the just past trying to make several it look years. Good.
3: Yeah, I agree. I kind of feel like it's uh it's for
6: looks.
2: But what uh, why? They may very well like each other, but you know, I mean, at this point they they have nothing neither one of them has anything to gain. So they're sort of out of the game a little bit. But I don't I don't know. I mean, that's that's just how I feel about it. I I don't really believe that there's uh
0: But I find <laughs> it interesting that if there is such an ideological divide between the Republicans and the Democrats and we know there's not. But if they want you to believe that there is, why on earth would they pal around with one another and act so chummy? Because, because
3: uh, they want to get Democrats' votes.
2: So And,
0: and Republicans' George votes. George yeah. Bush, Bush wants people to. Want partisan, um, exactly. People want this
2: bipartisan feeling yeah. thing going on. Can't they all work together in pa- Washington? Which, by mm. the way, is the last thing I want them to do. Right. I do not want them working together in Washington because all they're going to work on
0: is how to take my money away from me as quickly as possible. Let's talk to Greg in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Greg. Oh. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. What's on your mind?
10: Listen, do uh, you know, in a way, as Americans, we are being programmed. For instance, like the gas prices going up, and and sometimes they do these things to see what, how much will America take before they'll start to bark back, or or, or do something. Now, I live in the state of Florida, and we're in a situation where we're a police state to the max we we have the crimes that are being committed against the people are being committed by our government. Mm-hmm. You know, we have established a government to protect our life, liberty and property, but now they're the ones who they're the ones who are just taking our life, liberty and property. Our children in Florida are being taken, used for sex. I mean, it's just inconceivable to think what's going on in this state. And um we put together a website called freeourkids.com. Now, if the people won't offend their own children, if we cannot get enough people mustered together in the state of Florida or throughout the United States, we put together this website called FreeOurKids.com so people could see what the government is doing to little children, taking little kids at 9 years old and handcuffing them and burning them. And what burning
6: them?
10: Burning them. And you, watch, you just watch the website, and we want to know well, why. No, where did this happen? It's happening in Pinellas County, Florida, where Terry Schival was starved to death.
0: Why did they burn a nine-year-old?
10: Why did they burn him? Yeah. Because, well, you'd have to watch, you'd have to listen to his testimony and watch. My daughter got bit two and a half years ago by someone else's dog. They've taken all four of our kids. Now, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't do drugs. We have no history. We have done nothing. We're a Christian family, and the, the, and the girl... Once you look at the, when you look and see at the family after family after family the hundreds of families they're doing this to in Florida and they're confiscating our kids, and we can't get nothing
0: done. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. You're completely out of, I mean, you're completely unable to control the situation when the bureaucrats with guns come in and make make demands, they demand you turn over your children, because the bureaucrats believe they're not your children. They think that they're their children, the children of the bureaucrats, and they can do with them as they please. And it's a sickness, and it's not just happening in Florida. And thank you for the call. It's happening around the country, these departments of children's and families. They are out of control, and what can you do about it? Elect another Republican or Democrat? 800-259-9231, this is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free. And that does include the wiki. Over 1,350 pages created by listeners just like you. You go to wiki.freetalklive.com to access it, and it is free, so enjoy that on us. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named in a lawsuit within the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. We're talking about this uh, new powers, uh, these new powers that President Bush has gone ahead and granted himself because he's all knowing, convenient, all seeing. Uh, Catastrophic emergency is what he can declare as long as there's been an incident, regardless of location, that results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage, or disruption severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions. That's so loosely defined that they don't need a bomb to go off in order to call a catastrophic emergency. In fact, I would suggest that they don't even need a natural disaster to use as an excuse. In fact, it would make more sense if, um, you know, our last caller mentioned gas prices. What if they use gas prices as an excuse? I mean, just, I mean, it's a disruption. It affects the U.S. population and whether or not it's severely affecting them, one could make an argument for but if gas prices went up to $3.50 a gallon or $4 a gallon, George Bush could say, oh, my gosh, this is a catastrophic emergency. Well, we need to There's, take- no,
2: there's no doubt um, in anyone's mind that they can find a catastrophic emergency at some right. point in the next 18 months.
0: I'm just saying it doesn't have to necessarily be what you might consider an emergency for them to be able to label it as such. And it goes back to my question before, and if you've got an answer to it, I'd like to hear from you at 800 259 The question is... What would Americans do if there really were to be this catastrophic emergency Bush is to seize this extra power and uh, essentially put the military in the streets for whatever reason, whether it 's a terrorist threat or whatever well i don't know that gas um, you know that gasping Let's say there's a terrorist price. threat. Let's say they get a threat from some terrorist organization. Right. Terrorist,
2: the terrorist level has reached magenta. Right. So we all, all it would have take to be very scared. Be all very, it would take scared.
0: is is another blurry video from an uh, a, a alleged Al Qaeda member saying, "We are going to attack the United States within the next month. So look out, Americans. That could be a catastrophic emergency. We need military in the streets. We need we need patrols. We need people kicking in doors and checking people's houses out and stuff." So they could use whatever sort of excuse they wanted to. And the question is, what would Americans do? Julia said not much. And
3: I, I don't think the future looks bright if that happens.
0: Well, it's- Americans have been so effectively subjugated and, and suppressed by the government... Even if there were to be some, you know, radical um, revolutionaries in the streets who said, OK, you've suspended elections. Let's say it's 2008. They call this catastrophic emergency. The president says we have to suspend elections until the emergency is over. And again, the emergency is over when he says it is. So the elections have been suspended. Inevitably, there are going to be people out there who are really into uh, democracy that are going to be pretty upset. and Maybe they'll start getting violent and maybe they'll feel like you know the the way out is to be violent against the government well of course that we know what happens when you're violent against the government they just return it back on you tenfold. They've got the guns. And they've got the guns. And at that point, they're going to have the troops in the streets. So people are going to go engage those troops in the streets. It's going to give the president more fuel for his fire to say, see, see what I told you? Catastrophic emergency. There's anarchy in the streets. We need to suppress this. We can't have elections until we get this country under control again. And then you've got clashes in the streets. You've got uh, the military and the police fighting with whoever it is that's that's being violent, uh, whether it be the, the anarcho-socialists or... Or, or whoever, or some patriot group so called, that's out there. And in their mind, they're fighting for freedom. They're fighting to get things back the way they used to be, but it won't matter because they'll be crushed by the military with their super death rays that they have. <laughs> And so then what happens? Then the rest of Americans are sitting at home watching this uh, play out on CNN and on Fox News and they're saying to themselves, they're saying to themselves, Oh my god I'm not getting involved in that. The heck no, I don't want to die. I just wanna you know enjoy my hamburgers and, and beer. Boy, this is crazy what's going on in this country. Those people shouldn't have been breaking the law. That's right, they're just gonna sit back and say, Oh, they got what they deserve. You don't mess with the military, you don't mess with the police. This country's in a state of catastrophic emergency. I'm with the president. There would be that attitude, too. So I don't think anything would happen. I agree with you, Julia. Most Americans wouldn't do anything. And the ones that did decide to do something would find themselves facing the barrels of uh, of the government's guns. And that wouldn't be very good for them. So if he actually did make a move like this, I can't can't predict very, very positive things. I don't know how that would turn out. What's your prediction? 800 259 You can bring up whatever you want. Let's go to Kurt in Michigan on the amplifier line. Hey, Kurt.
11: Gentlemen, ma'am, how are you tonight? Hey. Pretty good. Um, I think that basically 70% of the people would claim the other 30% are un-American for not going along with it, basically.
0: Mm. Sure.
11: But, yeah, I think I think... Our that, president that has thing... spoken. It only takes thirty percent, you know, to to really stir things up. I still think the thirty percent would end up winning because they'd be far more active and far less to sit on their butts like the seventy percent calling them un-American.
0: Maybe so. It's it's unpredictable what would happen. Who knows? But nonetheless, it's a scary thing to think about.
11: Yes. Well, Rudy. Just remember, Rudy tried to do that with his mayoral ship after after one
0: He tried to do what? He did
11: he, he? Well, yeah. He floated the idea that maybe he shouldn't leave office. Obviously, he didn't. He was he was shot down very quickly, but. You know, because Michael Bloomberg had been elected, was mayor-elect at that time, wow. and he, he floated the idea that, well, maybe in this you know emergency, I should stick around for a little while and I shepherd. See. Yeah, but anyway, I wanted to uh, uh, to uh, talk about a gentleman who called two days ago and uh, about what to do when one of your family members says, you know, why don't you just put a gun to your head? You know, you're all doom and gloom. And and what I've done in this case, because my family has has said this to me. Uh, I just look at them and say, "Don't worry. Sit back, do nothing, and I'll fight for your freedom." Because I can't just fight for mine; I can only fight for everybody's freedom. So mm-hmm. you sit back and do nothing, and I'll do the heavy lifting.
0: There you go. You'll benefit from my efforts. How does that Absolutely. make them feel? Do you think?
11: Um, like I'm an insane, but that's okay because I understand. <laughs> I, you know, I, I can understand what's happening. I can see it, and if they don't have that vision then, you know, at least they have me and their family to, to fight for their rights. And I will do so because I love them, regardless of how blind they are.
0: Well, that's very that's very compassionate of you.
11: <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks have for the nice call,
0: night. Kurt. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So, in these remaining moments, let's talk about breasts. Because we were talking earlier in the show about uh, the, the the obsession that certain people in America have, a lot of people, with perfection. Uh, the idea that they need to have a breast enlargement and a nose job and X, Y, Z, other procedures in done. In the case them of though. the story we were reading about lobby. reconstructions. reductions, yeah, yeah really disturbing. Strange. But here's another disturbing trend, and we actually touched on this on our show, I think a couple of years ago, Mark, probably more like three years ago at this point. But there's been an update in this situation, and that is the sort of phenomenon now of teenage girls being gifted breast enlargements by their parents, for things like graduation, like high school graduation, we're talking about girls who are as young as 17 in some cases.
3: As young as 13, according to this wow. article. I was looking on one of the. Well, breaks. that's not
0: just for breast enlargement; it's for all right, sorts of surgery. Right, that's
3: for all sources of surgery, which, according to the Cosmetic um, Surgery, that right American Society of Plastic Surgeons, uh, two over 200,000 plastic surgeries are performed on people ages 13 to 19 in 2006 which I find sort of disturbing. But um, I was looking for numbers, and I found numbers from 2003 that were about 3,500, and now this is breast breast implants. And now in 2006, I got numbers for 9,000, and this is according to the American Society of Plastic Surgery. So, so 9,000
0: teenage girls in 2006 right. had uh, surgery on their breasts. Wow, that's a lot. Breast Nine enlargements. Thousand. Breast
3: enlargements, which means that it, that's almost tripled. In three years.
0: That's pretty stunning. And what does, that, what does it say about what these parents think about their daughters and, and the sort of unhealthy messages that they're helping indoctrinate their kids with? I mean, these parents have been brought into this system of obsession over, obsession over looks and beauty, and now they're passing it on to their kids to the point where they're actually spending the money to get them these enlargements. What sort of damage is this doing? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments, 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help us out, well, maybe you should voluntarily join the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is simple. If you like Free Talk Live, you want to help us get on more radio stations around the country, all you have to do is send us 3 bucks a month. It's part of the AMP program. It's uh, easy to do via PayPal or any major credit card or alternative options. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. And what we do with the money is we take it in and we turn it right back around into promoting Free Talk Live to advertise to radio stations, to reach out to them and and get on board. In fact, we're going to be announcing two brand new affiliates um, for tomorrow night's show. So I'm looking forward to that. And all of this stems from the the money that we've got coming in from our listeners, which over 380 of our listeners are Free Talk Live amplifiers, and that means that we're pulling in over $2,500, I think like $2,700 at this point, which makes a big difference for us, and it puts us on on a much more level playing field with the shows out there that have million-dollar budgets. We can actually make ourselves look almost just as good as they do. In fact, I would say our ads look better than their ads do, and uh, it's all because of you. Amp.freetalklive.com. Now then, we're talking about uh, teenage girls who are apparently getting, uh, being gifted breast implants by their parents for, for instance, like high school graduation. Mommy, Daddy, can I please have some new breasts for my graduation present? I mean, that's what's going on here. And I think it has to do with, I mean, what sort of a family are these girls being raised in? The family is, is... Indoctrinating their daughter into the mindset that you must have bigger breasts in order to look pretty, in order to be successful in life, in order to feel good about yourself, they're they're helping put the girl in that box, and I think that's really destructive. Well, you, you pointed out that um, in order to be successful
2: in life, you said that, and I don't think that anyone would argue that um, attractive people do better in business and in life in general than ugly people do. I mean, that, that's just sort of a a natural phenomenon.
0: But then you're suggesting that attractiveness has to do with breast size.
2: I'm not suggesting that. I am suggesting that some people believe that breast size is, um, is part of that. And I would say that women with the the big fake boobs, the ones that sit up and mm-hmm. look like uh, balloons, that they probably get a little more attention than guys that don't. I can, I'm thinking of one woman um, specifically that I knew, and... Uh, I wouldn't have called her a, a beauty, particularly. She dressed like she was, but, you know, looking at her face, I wouldn't have said that. But and she had these big, fake boobs, and she got a lot of male attention. Was it her personality? Was it the fact that her personality was brought out by the the fact that she felt confident? I can't tell you all those things. But it, it was a phenomenon. That, that was what was happening.
0: Well, there's so. certainly no doubt. Uh, I, I I think there's no doubt that in this culture that a woman with big breasts is going to get attention from males. That's I think that's what they're looking for, a lot of them, when they go ahead and get that procedure done. But I think a lot of them do it because they think it's going to make them feel better about themselves. And the fact that they don't feel good about themselves in the first place... Uh, really belies the problem, and that is that we just we don't teach our kids uh, self-esteem. We don't teach them to, to love themselves. I don't know if
2: you can teach somebody self-esteem. How
0: do you teach self-esteem? You tell them that, that they're fine how they are and that they should appreciate themselves for who they are but, and not try to change that. Self-esteem, yes,
2: you can tell somebody that, but that's not I, – I can tell – Somebody who has low self-esteem, that right now, they're not going to believe it. Well, self-esteem, the foundations of self-esteem are laid in much different fashions than that. You know? Right, you
0: can't just do it and once. And they're not just done by parents. I know, That's you're right. That's why you, you, being the only person who's saying that, isn't going to have much of an effect when society is out there saying the opposite.
3: Well, what I was going to say was that Mark has a point in that you can't, self-esteem is something that you personally are in total control of. You know what I mean? Somebody can't tell you to have high self-esteem. He is correct in that. But I think what Ian is saying is that if you, for example, if you have two families and one one family, um, you know what I mean, is very loving and always tells their parents or always tells their children that uh, they're fine the way they are and that they should love themselves and not judge a book by its cover and all that stuff, and another family you have buying their kids breast implants at 16, I think that those parents are sending a message to their children That they're not good enough and that they need to be better. And I think that's where you're coming from on that.
2: Right. I understand he's saying that. I just don't necessarily agree. Look, if a a, um, family comes out and buys nice clothes for their daughter, are they telling her that she's not good enough? I mean, she could just have normal clothes like everybody else. I don't feel like that. That's
0: part of it too. I mean, there are families out there, moms who want their kids to wear the best clothes, so they can be. Yeah, they buy all the Tommy Hilfiger or whatever. I and uh, and I, they, I think
2: Tommy might be going. It's um, on. YouTube. It's
0: out now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, they buy whatever the hot brands are for their <laughs> kids because they want their kids to be in the in crowd and all of that. And and again, that's that's part of that sort of destructive mentality. Whereas if you're raising a a a, a young person from a young age and you have that time to uh, to inculcate them with positive with a positive mindset about themselves and about appearance and you you know you point out to uh, you point out to them the the pretty people and how they're obsessed with looking pretty and that they waste all their money and all this time on and uh, and doing these things and how it damages them then you can juxtapose um how your family's viewpoint is is better than the viewpoint of a of a family that is focusing on, solely on appearance and and social status based on the clothes that you wear and the your breast size. I think that there could be a significant change. Um, I think that you could do a real good job in in raising a kid the right way if you did it from the very beginning. But to to tell a kid after 13 years of indoctrination in in this culture that oh well you should just have more self esteem obviously that's not going to work. You can't just do it in I one day. Think, I don't I think parents have a
2: um large role to play in self-esteem but i don't think they have the only role to I play i agree with you i totally agree with and you. i think that somebody um you know can i don't i don't even think people choose self-esteem or not i i don't think they do i think that it's it's much deeper than that self-esteem is you know it's it's deep in your psyche it's not something easily controlled or you know um, talked about i mean people in hollywood these people um traditionally have some of the lowest self-esteem around that's why they seek the adulation of others Mm. look i mean you know i don't know pick somebody david letterman here's a guy who could pretty easily say i'm loved by a a majority of americans but you know he could very well have low self-esteem and that's the reason he does his
0: job are you somebody that would buy your daughter breast implants? If so, why? 800-259-9231. Julia, did you have any other factoids you wanted to share from this story? Um,
3: Not really. About the teens
0: with the breast implants? Otherwise, I'm going to go to the phones. We can talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Gene. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your hey, mind? Uh,
12: you, you asked uh, for people to call in with their prediction. I'll give you my prediction, and it's based on history because uh, people will suffer As long as they're comfortable. And as long as the people remain comfortable and they've got their TV and their wrestling and their football and a six-pack of beer, they're not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. They're going to sit there and take whatever whatever is dished their way.
0: You're talking in the event if uh, the president were to, say, suspend elections and call a, a state of emergency, that sort of thing.
12: Yes and and do basically anything else he wants to do they're not going to do anything because they don't want to upset the apple cart and sure. lose what they've got right so uh revolutions have always been fueled by the poor and the uh you know the downtrodden and when they get poor enough and downtrodden enough then they start taking to the streets and at that point Uh, change occurs until that point change is not going to well change continues to occur but it continues to occur for the worse so the only time change reverses and uh, that trend tends to go towards freedom is when the people have gotten so fed up that they're willing to risk their life and um,
0: when they uh, have when they feel like they have nothing else left to lose
12: Right. And that could happen basically overnight in this country. All it takes is a huge stock stock market crash or uh some other kind of an economic disaster or a physical disaster like Katrina
6: mm-hmm. on a
12: larger scale perhaps. Hmm. Um, anything like that that upsets the apple cart and causes people to stop having what uh you know, makes them comfortable, then they will act. Yeah. And You know, I even made the point once, uh, where was the government? Because it was an art. you know, I was making a point online that there is no such thing as government, and uh, that it's fiction, and I said, where was government during Katrina? See, there was no government. It uh, it it was shown for what it was, which was nothing but an an idea. And the idea of government does disappear when people don't have food in their belly, and they don't have that... uh, Wrestling on TV and their six pack of beer.
0: Hmm. Interesting analysis. Now, Gene, do you think that there? Do you think that my su- suggestion is even plausible that George W. Bush may call this uh, co- this state of emergency, uh, special super emergency thing uh, before the election and, and suspend elections? Is that plausible?
12: Oh, I think it's plausible. Uh, it's a very bold move, to say the least. And it's uh, what has he got to lose? Know, God, I hope he's it doesn't. Got me he me has nothing to lose,
0: really. Gene, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. It has been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. We will return tomorrow night for our live Saturday edition. We'll be welcoming some new affiliates and talking about all kinds of interesting things and taking your calls about anything. And, of course, you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.